Ready? <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> it's like a, it's like more like an educational show. We've got a lot to cover today, guys. <laughs> Today's topic: gravy. Yeah, let me turn the volume up. <laughs> Delicious gravy. Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode thirty-one four, and we're your hosts. My name is Rob. <laughs> I have to look. <laughs> Hey, this is a number. Okay, once we got past the twenties, I started to get pretty confused as to what number was what. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to create this video game too, man. It's going to be a long, long game. Yeah, maybe involving kid chameleon like you know mechanics. I would like that very much. I mean, it's going to be a long time in development for sure, unless it's like. Well, it could be segmented. It could be like. Super Rhythm and Pixels 1 and Super Rhythm and Pixels 2, and then rather than restart the level count, which just, honestly, for the record, Mario should have done that. Oh, so yeah. every time they make a new Mario game, we're like, okay, welcome back to Mario Brothers. For World 1, we're going to make it simple. Like, we've been playing your game for years. I would have Stop with the simple. No, Give me the meat. Sorry, I, I, I strongly disagree with you. <laughs> what? Because every new game that comes out could be somebody's first. That is true, but... Uh, honestly, you have the winning argument there, but <laughs> as a Pernell personals, like, I would I, like to be like, oh, you know what can do? They could toggle it. They like, could toggle it. Like like what? Like Mario Odyssey 5 will be my first Mario Odyssey game, I'm sure. And They'll be it, like, hey, if you want to play Mario Odyssey 5, start back here. There's the gonna, game we stopped producing. And there's going to be like an hour-long tutorial, and you're going to be complaining. I'm going to be like, oh, thank God. Jump, <laughs> press I had, A. I had no idea. I had to press the Z2 button while holding down L, and I can make him poop out, you know... Raccoon, stars, raccoon stars. Well, put, well, so I guess raccoon stars. That's a new power up. Get ten of them, you become a frog. My name is Rob Nichols, and I think I'm Pernell. I haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. And uh, this week is a special episode, as we do every month. We do a live streamed, recorded episode. It's a normal episode if this is on our normal podcast feed. You're listening to it now. But we record it live for our Patreon members. So for any level of our Patreon, if you head over to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels, you get access to prequel episodes, like little 20-minute, 30-minute things that me and Pernell like to record, catching up on the week, catching up on our day. And we also get access to a monthly live-streamed episode. If we have a cat trying to get out. Does the cat one in? Does the cat one out? Um, Pernell, you take it away. Well, apparently... This episode involves something nice where it's like, we like to do our live stream Patreon episodes, and a lot of the time we tend to base the topic on something we may have done earlier in the month. It's not always the case, but sometimes it's just like, oh, wow, it'd be cool to hear what the patrons would do with this topic. Right, I'm back. And this particular month, yes. we went with Unexpected Multiplayer, which I'll admit off the top was already kind of a weird topic when I came up with it originally. Mm. And I even kind of assumed some of the patrons would be like, what the heck is he talking about? And yet... I did, we did get a few messages where was like, I would have submitted a track, but I had no idea what you were talking about with this topic, <laughs> which was pretty funny. But um, in the end, it was just like, I was curious to see what people would think. And in the end, we were like, let's just do this episode because it would be cool to see what people submit. And in the end, even if you couldn't come up with what the actual topic meant, which was games that had multiplayer that you wouldn't have expected to actually have had multiplayer when you picked it up. Um but even if you couldn't figure that out, as yeah. far as like if you didn't know of any games that did that, just multiplayer would have been fun. You know? Yeah, and there are a lot of games with hidden multiplayer or multiplayers that would eventually be unlocked. Mm -hmm. And later on in the show, we're going to have a quiz for Purnell, and it is going to be all about just mainly multiplayer games. 
Oh. And um, on, and and the teams recognizing the teams in the games. Oh man. So that's a little 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 preview there. And we and then later on in the show we also have a um, a board game beats little preview as well. Well, it wouldn't be a preview as much as it's done. It's been baked. We just got to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> it's been baked. We can bake it in, everybody. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, anyway, patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. You get access to stuff like this. Um, we read that generally record on Thursday nights. That's just how we've been doing it forever. So, um, if that fits your schedule. If not, you can the video on demand or the VODs, as the kids like to call it. You can check that out on YouTube. Um, if you're a member of our Patreon, you also get cool stuff like um, uh, we got what we got. We got mugs, we got T-shirts, we've got. You can even put your own message on our YouTube stream, which you saw playing at a board game shop. Yes, as it looked like a board oh, game a video shop. game shop. I asked you what it was, and you went silent. No, I didn't. I responded it, once. It was a no. It was a friend's video game store. Oh, cool. A video game store. I thought it was a board game store. No, it was a video game store down in Virginia, like southwestern Virginia. Oh, that was my next question. Where's Radford? <laughs> yep, southwest Virginia. But it was a board. It was a video game shop down there. And once he realized that the video game station existed, he started playing it in the store. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. We're actually getting a lot more viewers on that station now. Consistently, it's at thirty. That's good. Which is awesome. So. Oh yeah. Anyway, so at, at the highest levels, you can get your own shoutouts on the radio station because we do like little, um, like you're listening to Rhythm and Pixels like every like hour or so on the show. Um, I think only two people, no, only one person has um, a thing on. That's Mike. As a oh, or the but oh, yeah. more people should be dumping them on there. Yeah, I, I put it out there. So if you can, just do it once, and we'll leave it up. Leave it up. No, think about. It. I think frankly, Zappa totally qualifies at the level he's at. Yeah, I've reached out to him a number of times. Oh, got to yeah. do it. He's right. In the, he's on the chat right now. So if you're li- you're listening, you see it. Get that note, even if it's something ridiculous. Like, hey guys, support. Well, I don't even call it ridiculous. This has to be legit. Hey guys, support. You know the Northwestern Wildlife Federation. We su- we we're trying to rescue the spotted quail. Um, they're very important to us. You know. That'd be your message, yeah, and yeah. people would appreciate it. And we don't really mention the podcast on the radio station, so if you want to be like, hey, I like the Rhythm and Pixels podcast, you should check it out. And then, like, my name is uh, Brad Bradigan. <laughs> Actually, Brad Bradigan would appreciate that statement. <laughs> you just got to keep going. I'm Captain Capcom. Um, all right, so multi un, more on. I'm calling this episode more, more unexpected multiplayer because these are, these are not for us. So... When we do our live stream episodes, we also like to ask our listeners and our Patreon members for suggestions on the show. Mm-hmm. So um, we go back to past topics and we say, "What would you like to listen to? What would you What would you like to see on our show that fits the topic for you?" We also ask for a testimonial, um, if you can, a little write up about the song, about yourself, that we can read along with the music, just like the VGM jukebox, the podcast of your. I miss that show. I do too. The VGM jukebox. It really hit the spot for me. The nostalgia spot. Yeah. Um, we have a, some crossover episodes, maybe one or two. So check those out um, in our backlog if you can find them. I don't know what they were called. <laughs> I'm sure you can just search it on the website. I'm sure it's out there. I remember playing Josh on um, a Golf Clash during the show. Josh on Golf Clash? Oh, Josh, wait, Josh, I remember that. Yeah, now. Josh Adachi. No, not Josh. I was trying to remember Golf Clash. Golf Clash, I, yeah, I was into that game. That was my thing. It was a mobile, for those who don't know, because I had to remember it myself, it was a mobile cell phone golf game that yeah. was like a hot topic for a month. Yeah, it was like a pitch and putt that I was Wordles really lasted longer than Golf Clash, I think, at this point. Which, by the way, Wordle's good. Wordle is great. The, 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 the last the last mobile game I got obsessed with was Puzzle 
Puzzle Fighter. And for good reasons, Puzzle Fighter. It's good. very good on the mobile. And then they stopped supporting it. And then the iPhone went to 64-bit, and they dropped a ton of apps. And that was it. Wait, at least you, at least you didn't buy any of their <laughs> DLC. Because <laughs> that would have been down the tubes. Yeah, didn't buy any. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't buy any. Good, good. I was Wait, you you laughed a little too <laughs> awkwardly there. Are you saying you did? Did I buy any DLC? I think I want to say Christy bought something for a month. It was usually like more levels of something. It was always it was like I thought it was like characters. Yeah, for that game it was characters and I think moves. Like you bought like cards and the cards could be a move, but it was like buy a card and see what it is. I'm like I want to buy a card and I want I just want more game. Why can't you just pay for more game? And that's why, to me, that's why that mechanism never... Cl- I mean, I understand why they do it, because know, they make more. Works, but yeah. my thing is like, hey, for someone like me who would totally support your game, but also doesn't want to deal with you shutting your server down and taking all your content with it, just say, hey, for that guy like Pernell, give us 50 bucks and the game's unlocked, yeah. and you're good. Yeah, well, and anyone else, you can pay incremental pibbles <laughs> to get what you want. Yeah, what works for me... Uh, two, two things work for me. One is... um where they only give you so much game and then it cuts you off. And it feels like shareware. Yeah. Where it's like, you want the whole game? Buy it. Yeah, I'm good with that. And the That's other like a trial. Is, um, um, where like in between each like level or like short thing, they, they interject ads. And it's like, you want to get the game without ads? Pay for it. I'm, like, I'm fine with that too. Love it. Again, it's like shareware. But all this other stuff where it's like not real money, you're paying for crystals and the well, crystals. Well, that's all about like we get, we're whaling. They're all whaling. And that's yeah, they're all, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying straight to get, whaling. They're trying to find people with a problem. All right. So we should talk about some music we should listen to some music and then we should talk about the people picking the music because we got some fantastic people but when we say we're going to talk about we're going to say all these really cool things like I really love your shirt I'm going to say some personal things about everybody about how you really love their shirt about where they live about their phone numbers and what shirt they have that's really awesome yes yes we'll talk about their clothing but that's that's a little too personal oh I understand alright so our first this is a even numbered episode good Good, good gravy, Pernell. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> our first track is going to come from our listener and friend Hammock. Hammock! It's from the game Final Fantasy IX. That's X1. This is from Naoshi Mitsuda. Wow. No, I'm sorry. Ah, X1. What? What happened? I've had a lot of LaCroix. This is Final <laughs> Fantasy XI. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it, 10-11 Rocky's Revenge um, uh, this is Final Fantasy 11 composed by Naoshi Mitsuda this is Mog House and this is picked by our Mog House in the middle of our street Mog House Coupeau
ended listening to Mog House from Final Fantasy XI, composed by Nayoshi Mitsuda, chosen by Hammock. Hammock. Which is funny because, like, during the song, you and I were like yelling at each other, <laughs> <laughs> like not like we're just we're shouting, shouting. You ate the last pop tart again. In an excited way. <laughs> I was upset because he ate the last pop tart. Well, this song is is super chill, super chill from Hammock. Hammock, the host of X Feet, KVGM Radio, on the podcast networks. There's a lot of alphabet. It's okay. You've been playing a lot of Wordle. Yes. No, I actually haven't. You haven't played Wordle? I have played Wordle. I haven't played a lot of Wordle. I played a little bit of Wordle. thought, this is fun. Done. Done. <laughs> um, Good grief. I, I just love this tune. It's just, it's got these, these little... It's calming. These nice chords, but I like this little marimba situation that's happening. I'm relaxed. And by the way, it just came to mind in general. Everyone in the chat, throughout this entire episode, if you can think of any, uh, like, next month Patreon topics that you could come up with, because usually we, Rob and I just throw them out there, yeah. but I don't think we ever really get any from the patrons themselves. Like, if no. you guys can think of any, let us know. Well, in a way that, like, sometimes our uh, topics, our show topics are from pa- pa- Patreons yeah. or, or, mem- or listeners. Honestly, but like, I feel like they, the Patreon And topics. then we make the Patreon topic based off of an older topic, which I really like to do because it makes my job easier. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I forgot we're doing a show. <laughs> Hammock... <laughs> <laughs> Hammock wrote us a testimonial, and he would like to say, I've always loved the Final Fantasy series. And back when I was a freshman in college, Final Fantasy XI came out, which meant I had at least to had to at least try it. And I did. I played it for about two weeks straight. Even when I went to class, my roommate would play my character and grind away. Then at night, we'd be hanging out in the town courtyards, and all the Japanese players would just be chilling in their super dope dragoon armor. And I said to myself, Hammock, do you want that dragoon armor? And I said back to myself, yes, of course I do. As the days go by. <laughs> <laughs> but the amount of grinding to obtain said super dope dragoon armor became way too much to even think about. So I abandoned the ship that was Final Fantasy XI. That being said, I would often go back to my Mog house, drop off my loot, and let the music continue playing as I, as I did chores around the apartment. It was so comforting to know that my Moogle was there for me, with or without. The super dope dragon armor. I just honestly, I read that testimonial earlier today, and two things came out of it. One, what you heard in the t- in the where you were talking, which is that the moment I read that segment of text that he made, I couldn't get that song out of my head because it was like, <laughs> I'm wondering if he was referencing that directly when he said it. He might have been. Yeah, I hope he was because if not, yeah. what a wild coincidence. He might have been. Um, and then the other thing was that this music, this track is really good. I really like, but. This. When I heard the title, when I read the title Mog House, I was expecting it to honestly be a cover of the Final Fantasy VI Mog theme. I don't know why. Maybe because Mog and Mog. That's where I was going to also. But Eleven was a a MMO. Yeah, it was their first one. So I had a feeling it was going to be a little more like this is either the, the, the tavern where you met people and like got quests mm-hmm. or like like raucous and fun or it was going to be like where you chill and you had your home base which would be super chill you can put your put your dragoon armor on a pedestal to wear later yeah. his um his story about um playing at night with all the japanese characters reminds me of like the the, the pso days yeah the marathon sessions of fantasy star online where you play with all your friends and then they all go to sleep and then i crack another mountain dew 
and it'd be two in the morning, three in the morning, and then like, for second shift. Yeah, then all the Japanese players would show up, and I'd be like, "Hey, anyone speak English? Let's go." <laughs> See, I had a different experience with that because my second shift involved Japanese players coming into my puzzle games and just like dominating oh, everyone. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like I didn't play that. I, it feels weird to say because it's, it feels like it's like a stereotyping of sorts. Like they're just really smart, but never failed. If you had an international puzzle game. The Japanese players just dominated. Yeah. Everyone I've ever played has always been the case, and it always floored me. I, I like to... Tetris especially. Yeah, I always blame the arcade scenes being more prevalent in Japan mm-hmm. with, with with an arcade scene with a more um, oh, di- com- diverse set of games that you could play. Where out here, eventually, the, the arcade games were just all shooting games and driving games, where you could have more of an arcade scene still thriving in Japan That does make with sense. with all sorts of games. And so people would get better at them because i can tell you like i'm still good at magical drop three and i still get arcade machine Ooh, challenges that, in that that's thing. that's my next that's my next mountain to climb for now yeah it's a long mountain to give you some context i've been getting I've, better at settlers my next thing is magical drop we did a round robin on magical drop just two weekends your grave, ago man. Just, i actually had to handicap myself i put on <laughs> wrist weights while i played i know you told me about that wrist weights while playing magical drop you still had them on and i was still crushing it you still had them on when i talked to you Oh, yeah, because I, came I wear them all the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm over, training with them. It was a big family dinner, and we were like, all right, we're going to have dinner and then play some board games, and you still have the wrist weights on. They're weird. They make it so... <laughs> so I actually honked my horn by accident to a guy on the road because the wrist weight weighed my hand down. I was like, oh, I didn't I've need that. to. Have you ever done the thing where you're drumming on your steering wheel, and then you don't realize you're going... I actually kind of want to do that. And everyone's looking at you like, oh, what's that jerk beeping about? Something really cool, I bet. Probably. Um, all right, let's move on to your first track. Let's do your board game beats sooner than later because I have a fun quiz to get into also. All right, so I'll do that after this track. Yeah, then. yeah, and then after the next one, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. So this next track was a, honestly a huge surprise to come through the for, through the submissions, and I have to pick it just by virtue of that alone. Um, this came from Off Person, and this is the main theme from the classic NES game, Spy vs. Spy, yeah. composed by Nick Scarum, or Scarum. Scare him. Yeah, I'm scaring him. Welcome back. You're listening to the main theme from the game Spy vs. Spy, composed by Nick Scarum and submitted by listener Ulf Person. I was very shocked to see this game come down the pipe because I haven't heard anyone mention Spy vs. Spy in any context, aside from at PAX Unplugged where I played the Spy vs. Spy board game. I haven't seen, heard this game get mentioned or this oh. topic get mentioned in decades. Well, I, 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 I believe there's a Spy vs. Spy board game. Oh there, oh, there definitely is, yeah. I've like, never, never seen it. But, like, to me... I wish more people talked about this game, and I wish the game itself would make a comeback because, in my eyes, this is the original Tecmo's Deception, essentially. Mm. And anyone who listens, well, actually, I don't mention that much on the show, but I love Tecmo's Deception. 
for those who are like, what the heck is this game? Because it came out before I had teeth. Um, <laughs> the idea of this game was that they were the iconic characters from Spy vs. Spy, the white spy and the black spy. And the idea, the goal of the game was to explore this, like, house to find three objects. I don't remember what the objects were. It was, like, blueprints, a suitcase, and something else. Mm -hmm. But you had to find these objects before the other player. And as you're running around, you're also setting traps around the house to catch the other spy. And if they happen to have one of the other the things you're looking for, they could they would drop it. You could steal it. And ultimately, you're just trying to get all three objects. So there was something kind of cool about, you know, having to being forced to interact with each other. Yeah. In a way where it's like, okay, I can set these traps. And the reason why you can't just sit in the corners, because as long as I have one thing you need, or rather, as long as you have one thing I need, I have to come find you. I can't just sit around and hang out, which is why you're able to get caught in the other player's traps because they're doing the same thing to you. And I feel like that would be the way to like make Tecmo's Deception back come back in the modern era because for those who don't know about Tecmo's Deception, you usually play some sort of like hellbound agent or demon yeah. agent who gets the power to set traps because that's what demons do, apparently, to ensnare heroes who are, who are encroaching on your turf. Um, so obviously the other player would have to be a form of the hero, or you could summon heroes to attack the other player or whatever. But it would totally work. It would be a lot of fun. I think it would still be fun. Like, and, and this this lent this style of game lends itself to board games as well because there's a lot a lot of deception, but like a lot of um, uh, hidden roles and things like that. Also, I just realized I'm so I'm so soulless. It goes white spy, black spy. That's their game. Yeah, actually, like. We'll have to show you an image later, but it was actually just the outfits they wore. It was just the outfits they wore. It was um, it was from a Mad Magazine comic series. It was it was like, oh, there are two spies are killing each other. Isn't that funny? But it was black and white, so you had one that was white and one that was in black, mm -hmm. and that's all it was. And and for some reason, I thought that the term, the terminology of hackers being white hat hackers or black hat hackers came from Spy versus Spy. That would make sense, actually. I think maybe there's some origins to that. But I well, think Mike's it, in the chat. He could tell us. <laughs> he probably, I think it has more to do with like um, like cowboys, like the evil cowboys in the cowboy movies having like a black hat. Mm -hmm. But I mean, in my mind, I always thought it was Spy versus Spy. And what a Spy versus Spy. But before we ramble more, because we could talk about Spy versus Spy all day, because now I want some head-to-head -head competition. Um, let's read the <laughs> testimonial of Ulf, Ulf Person. Yes, I like this one. I would like to suggest the one and only track from the game Spy vs. Spy on the NES. But why, you might ask? Well, this is why. I had been reading my mother's old Mad Pockets slash comics for a while, which is interesting. I can tell you right now, I love that they're called Pockets. Yeah. Um, and I had grown especially fond of one recurrent strip with two guys constantly trying to kill each other in different hilarious manners. I called them Puke Guys <laughs> since I was very young and my knowledge in English was quite bad. Spy in Swedish means puke, by the way. One Christmas, me and my brother got the Spy vs. Spy game for the NES, and when we fired that bad boy up, we had no idea that it had multiplayer in it. It blew our mind! Of course, we had played multiplayer games before, such as Super Mario Bros. That game had multiplayer, but on it, we just took turns, and in Balloon Fight and other games, you were bound to just one screen. But in this game, you were free to run around around the whole map, hiding traps and planting ambushes. It was completely unexpected. And I can agree with that wholeheartedly because it had both, you shared a screen of sorts, but you each had half the screen. So if you were really good at looking at both screens, you could see where the other guy is setting his traps at yeah, before he leaves the area. You could screen snipe them, but it was classic NES. So like, they, like one room looked exactly like the next. It didn't, wasn't a whole lot of difference there, but... 
but like it was, yeah, it was cool. such a fun game. And I remember yelling like this was one of the early <laughs> yelling at the other person games because they oh, trapped, yeah. they hit you with a trap you didn't expect. And they stole your blueprints. Oh, a hundred percent. Such a good game. Oh, but the the board game beast because you're like what? what did they? So, oh, so do you, you have? Did you have the old track? Because I feel like we, that should be the theme now. You might I, not have any board. I games. don't, but I have some other things. So I'm going to pause this right now, and we're going to get into a little thing we call board game beats. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Bold Game Beats, where we talk about the game <laughs> briefly that we have played and hopefully enjoyed. I don't really expect it. I'm done with that voice already. Um, well, we don't really want to talk about games that aren't fun because no one wants to waste time with that. So we're going to talk about games that we've played and enjoyed. And this week's episode has a game called Ashes Reborn, Rise of the Phoenix Born, designed by Isaac Vega and published by Plaid Hat Games. It's a really cool game where you're essentially like... um. You're basically, they're called Phoenix Born. They're like basically magic agents who are cool. imbued with magic power. I'm going to open this box. And initially they were able to, they worked together to stop an um, ancient evil that was pretty much invading their world. But then afterwards, the power that they were originally given to do that started getting weird and <laughs> twisted in a way that it made them com- feel compelled to take each other out, a la the Highlander. So now they're trying to take out each other so that only one Phoenix Born can remain. And the gameplay is really straightforward and simple. You get choose a deck of cards that has a character, and that character in turn can do two things, or they have access to two things: spell books and ally characters. And you basically summon these characters onto the board using resources that you get from dice that you roll, and also they attack with the dice that you roll. Characters come out, they attack. You can use them to attack other players or defend your main Phoenix born, or the spell books can be used to summon you know creatures. That can be used to attack and defend, but unlike the you know the other allies, allies when they die they get killed and they go to your discard. But when the spell monsters get killed, they can be resummoned on the next turn if you have the resources to do it. So they're like an almost reusable resource, whereas allies are one and done. And of course, there's spells and the like too. Um, the thing that makes this game pretty cool and a little bit lighter than something like Summoner War, which I'm really hoping to get a review copy of in the future, is that there's no spatial reasoning in this game. You don't have to worry about where on the board you're playing. Think like Final Fantasy Tactics. You don't have to do that kind of placement. It's just, I had the card out, he's here, he can attack or defend. The last game you talked about was the Night Cage, which was all spatial, mm-hmm. which we played a lot. Yeah, because it's really good. That was very good. And so this one, this one seems more of like card-based. Like kind of like battles and, and rolling the, dice. Yeah, and here's the weird thing about this. So you're meant to be able to like you know kind of mix and match cards and like um, like construct decks if you want to, but the game packaged is pre-stacked. So like if you don't ever want to deal with deck construction, hmm. you basically have six pre-constructed decks, and you can just say I want to use this character today and their deck or this character and this deck. But once you feel like you're good enough or you're able to get further in, you can always take your decks and then customize and say, okay, I know this character uses these dice or whatever. I can build a deck around that character type and these unit types and go to town. Um, It's really cool. And honestly, originally I thought the dice mechanic was kind of dumb because each die, basically there's like a bunch of different die that revolve around different resources like fire dice or this character might use illusion dice or Mm. whatever. But at the end of the day, when you think about dice at their course, like this is one through six pips. What do you really need special dice for? Just give me six dice. Um, but in this game, I think the reason why they do it is because you can only have up to two types of dice to make up your unit style mm. or your deck type. So that's how you're constricted from just having like cards from every race in the game. Oh, I see. Um, 
So once you get past that, it's actually a lot of fun to actually throw the dice out there. And there's ways to mitigate the dice rolls because you can never really have bad dice rolls, just not optimal ones. Okay. So I played a few matches of it. Uh, I wouldn't mind playing it with you, but this is the kind of game I've always been trying to say, like, you should get. Like, you and Christy be like, we got this game after playing with you, but I'm like, no! This kind of game, because these are 1v1 oh, games. maybe we'll buy that one. Yeah, don't you do it! Don't you do it! There's better, there's other games that I don't have that you can do that with. But, like, 1v1 head-to-head games, where, like, if you have a spouse that likes to play board games with you, or if you have, like, a friend that comes to hang out with you on the regular, this is the kind of cool game you want to play, because Did it's you- a 1v1 you can choose a new deck, mm-hmm. play against each other. If you win or lose, you can either decide you want to take another shot with that same character, yeah. you want to retool that character, get another deck out, play against them with that, and have your nice giant chalkboard of like, I won 500 matches to your 422. So you think we could borrow that? I'll consider. I'll think about it. Oh, maybe we could play it one night. Yeah. There's, there's three and four player variants on there. Was there? Uh, and uh, I was just looking at the book. Oh, okay. So maybe we can try that out. And That'd if be it catch, fun. If it catches our fancy, dun, dun, dun. then maybe we'll get into it'll be it. Another, it'll be another obsolete game on the shelf Not necessarily. But I mean, this is the advantage of having a friend. <laughs> Thank you for being a With a large collection of board games. It is true. I have a lot of board games. Cool. New Year's resolution was to buy less. And so far, so good. But at the same time, I, the itch has been strong. I but. Know. The, but overall, Ashes Reborn, you know, Rise of the Phoenix Born is a fantastic game. I can't quite compare it against Summoner Wars as the which is better or worse. But what I can tell you, at least for now, is that both games are great. I like this game a lot. And if you're the type of person who's okay with the idea of, like, having some light strategy. Yeah. And I say light because there are more complicated and variants out there. Asymmetrical is- card battling with pre-made decks or customize if you get to that level but oh, yes okay. at the base is pre-constructed Ooh, that's the next uh next time we play um res arcana that's what i want to do i want to do uh drafting we, oh. haven't, we haven't played draft rules yet oh you just wrote your ticket we are at the point now where we know the game really well you guys know it better than i do but i'm still gonna say i'm probably. gonna write your you just wrote your ticket we've, we've been really into um been really into wingspan um which is an awesome game and i have been very struggling with i cannot win hey hey all i'm saying is it just clicks with christy really really all i'm saying i offer services to spouses the spouses of the 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 losing spouse and a couple to come to school the school of tutorials to get you know to you know to learn how to dispense the beat downs when they get back home how do you learn how to get so good at wingspan you're offering counseling i'll never tell this is like marriage counseling i do answer i do offer counseling how to <laughs> how to thrash your spouse at board games hey i i think it's a quality service <laughs> just saying all right we're moving on look look i'll call you when we need you <laughs> <laughs> we're moving on to our next track this is um from the game uncharted 4 this is the multiplayer theme composed by Henry Jackman, Alex Belcher, and Greg Edmondson. And this was selected by our listener, Curly Kevin. I think it's Curly Kevin. It was just Kevin. So here we go.
All right, we're back. That was the multiplayer theme from Uncharted. Uncharted. Uncharted 4. Uncharted 4, the fourth game in the Uncharted series, hence the number four. Composed by Henry Jackman, Alex Belcher, and or Greg Edmondson. This is picked by Curly Kevin. Curly Kevin says, first one is Uncharted 4. I qualify it as unexpected. I probably missed the first line of that email. Don't worry about it. I qualify it as unexpected because as someone who primarily plays single-player games, I found myself accumulating over 50 hours in online multiplayer matches. Over that time, I've had this song drilled into my head. Enjoy. (laughs) Enjoy we have. Here we go again. (laughs) I will say, like, there is something... I don't get to have that experience very often, though a friend that messaged me today... I think it was a really nice chat, a needed chat at that. But, like, in the end, she mentioned the idea of, like, we haven't done, like, online multiplayer stuff in, like, ages. And it'd be cool to get back. And I was like, you know, yeah. I missed that, too. And the thing about it is, like, it's not like I don't have the games for it anymore. It's, just, it's just like I don't have the people anymore. Or the, so, But, like, I was like, hey, if you ever want to do it, I'm ready. Yeah, there was a, there was the time, early Xbox 360 live arcade it's like suddenly everyone was like there suddenly I was like I get to see Purnell's secret Chicago family <laughs> Purnell was like just cracking his knuckles like you know what it's time for Bomberman beatdowns <laughs> indiscriminate Bomberman beatdowns alright it's now time it's not part of the show it's time for Rob's stupid quiz <laughs> is that the actual label for the episode type? That I, thing now? I don't know I mean I don't think they're um, I don't think my quizzes are at all very uh, clever but I think they're fun. Hey, they could be at least mildly intellectual. And I'm just going to keep doing them. And from now on, this this music is forever going to be our little segment music. <laughs> so this is the music was for 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 like for the for the quiz music. Yeah, why not? You come back and it's like something completely different. Like, yeah, because no. because of, of the board game, we got to do Compton's Cook Off. Oh, I'll find that one. I'll have to find that one again, and you'll have to write it down for me again. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're gonna li- we're gonna do a quiz here. Um, I, w- I used to do this every month with Purnell. It was usually like, um, uh, it w- am I thinking of a fake video game character or real? And I have to come up with a bunch of fake names, and you'd have. And Which Purnell- admittedly, I gotta give you credit. You put a lot of effort to that. Yeah, but you'd still get them all right. Ten out of ten. It's hard to come up with fake, believable names, though. All right, so this one's different. All right, we're talking about multiplayer stuff. We are now doing classic gaming teams. Oh, I played that game with them, and Run DMC was way overpowered. <laughs> I did a slideshow, everybody. All right, so this <laughs> is what's going to happen, right? I am going to give you the game. Okay. I'm going to give you one or two characters. Okay. And then you're going to have to give me the remaining character names in that team. Oh, cripes. So if I say Sonic, I you would Tails, say... And, but then you judge me for not saying Knuckles, because he wasn't technically I on would. the team. He was kind of a conflicting well, unit. That's also like saying Charmy B and that stupid Gator Cruncher, whatever his name was. These, this doesn't go that far. But, <laughs> but I will tell you how many I'm looking for, and that's and that's and that's what I'm looking for. And, okay. and don't think about it as the team. Think of it as playable characters. Mercy. So yeah, Sonic and Knuckles. So if I said Sonic 2, it would just be Sonic and Tails. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. All right. This is going to be really... King of Fighters, like there's Mary and... Mary. Yeah, exactly. And I, I didn't do fighting games. All right, so Battletoads for the NES. Rash, Pimple, and Zits. I give you Rash. You give me... Pimple and Zits. Pimple and Zits. It's Zits and then Pimple. Uh, 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 Don't even try it. Which one was abducted? Which one was kidnapped that they have to go save? Zits. Win this round, Brunel. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, I'm looking for a pen. 
<laughs> He's like, I didn't realize you would actually get any points. <laughs> what the heck? No, it's not like that. I had no idea you'd actually get points, Pernell. What are you doing? I just want to keep score. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you points for each of these character names, too. It gets harder. <laughs> I don't doubt it. This is a tough topic, I think. Castlevania 3. Cypher, Belnades, uh, Alucard, and Grant Dynasty. Yes. Grant, I even got the names. I love that you got the last names. All of these characters in these games have full names. And by the way, stupidly enough, though, maybe not so much, because I don't know how you're going to write Dynasty into the game, in the show, but Grant is the only character that didn't make it into the uh, Castlevania Netflix show. Oh, I didn't know that. I stopped kind of watching after the first season. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I need to get back and watch past the first season, but I want to finish it. Golden Axe. You have Axe Battler and... Uh oh, here we go. Here's the problem. The Valkyrie, or... I might be wrong about it. She's like, I know she's like, she's at the she's the red like Sonya type character, and there's like the battling dwarf man. <laughs> you know, thunder you know. was like thunder axe. Oh, you're so close. Something thunder axe. Gil thunder axe or something. That's killing. I me. might give you that one. So it was Gilius Thunderhead. Oh, I was close. I'm giving you that one, but her name was Tyrus Flair. So I was glad she was like the red Sonya type character. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, anyway, I'm pretty sure they were all based off, like, those classic, like, 80s, like, barbarian movies. Yeah. Oh, totally. They're all, like, these, like, lame archetypes. But that's pretty good. I'm so happy that you got the dwarf's name. Almost. <laughs> all right. Contra for the NES. You have Bill Riser. Which makes me sad because the, his is the one that I know. I know it's, like, Lance something. So I just want to say Lance Uppercut for the hell of you it. You need the full name on this one. No, I don't know where it says Lance's <laughs> last name. Lance Uppercut. <laughs> I'm just going to say Lance Uppercut. Contra for the NES. It's Bill Riser and Lance Bean. No one's ever said Bean. <laughs> He's never had that name stated. And I've been playing the ones when Lance became evil and all kinds of crap. We never been no Lance ass Bean. Maybe a half point for that. Man, Lance <laughs> Bean. They never had the name. Go play Shattered Soldiers like Bill Riser and his partner, Lance. All right. All right. Um, okay. Uh, uh, Solo Sanctuary is saying that I need to finish the Castlevania anime. It's very good. has a very good payoff. And if we're worried about Dignasty, there is a character based on it. Okay, cool. It's a female character, so it's just not directly based on the games. And uh, honestly, in the video game, like, had they not named the, the person to give him a male name... You could, it could have been anybody because it's just a, like it's like eight pixels tall. We mean Trevor or Cypher. Any of them. Yeah, because Cypher, up until I, I saw her take her ha her hood off at the end of the game, I didn't realize that was a woman. Yeah, you would never know. All right, um, she was the best darn character. Zombie was, ate my neighbors. Zeke is, and Julie. Zeke. Right, actually, first of all, I get those points. Actually, no, it was Zeke. It wasn't Zach. Zeke it and is Zeke and Julie. Julie? It's Julie. Julie is correct. I have the shirt. Remember? Also, it's one of the best co-op games ever made. That's what I'm saying. These are all co-op games or multiplayer games. All right. <laughs> Lance, that's an ER visit right there. Lance to beam. Lance beam. What happened? Someone Lance to beam. <laughs> Secret of Mana. The hero, which is his name in Japan is Randy. And, and for the record, others. I don't feel like I have to give their names because oh, okay. in America, they were the boy, the girl, and the sprite. And that's all they ever were. And yeah. I'm sticking to it. The girl's name was Prim, and the sprite was Popoy. Popoy. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving you those. The thing about it is, like now that I see their names, I do recall reading their names somewhere. But anyway, the point is, let me let me announce the game first, because you just like <laughs> I can <know> the <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I didn't think I was going to know these games. 
I've played a lot. Oh, no, I ain't going to Bucky O'Hare for the NES. Going for $119 here. Um, so the characters, we have Bucky O'Hare, and there's three other playable characters. Can you name any of them? You know the sad part? I know the entire theme song. They kept the Bucky O'Hare, but I don't know any of the characters there. I just know there is a rabbit and a stupid robot and maybe a green guy who's not a rabbit. But that's okay with me. I don't yeah. need to know the theme. Just give me the points because I rhymed a bunch of words together. All right. That's all right. It's a Dead Eye, Jenny, Jenny and, and Willie. Which one is the robot? Could be any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. It could be Willie. Actually, I feel like Dead Eye is the obvious name. Man. But it would be funny if it actually ends up being Willie as a Bucky O'Hare is like serious business. He's all business in this picture. Well, his song is like a rock opera. <laughs> Palcom. It's not Falcom. It's Palcom. Oh, it's funny fact. So Mike mentions 54 easy levels and one impossible spider boss. That is a, the layout for like zombies at my neighbors. Uh, I beat the game as a teenager. Okay. I remember doing this. I did not forget. But what I did apparently forget because it's been that long is that I always thought the spider was the last boss. But apparently he does become Dr. Tongue. So when you beat the spider, mm -hmm. a giant floating head of Dr. Tongues comes out of the spider, and you got to fight that, too. Oh. And he's also a jerk. But, <laughs> yeah, like, I beat the game, but I totally forgot about the floating spawn, the floating head. Hmm. Hi, Dr. Steenerson. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, all right, next is Streets of Rage 3. All right, we have Axel Stone, Blaze Fielding, Eddie Skate Hunter, and there are two unlockable characters. I know Rue, and wait, Shiva was a code unlock. But as far as unlock, those are the only two unlockable characters. Oh, I'm not sure. There's three. It was uh, Doctor Zan. Doctor Zan. the robot arm guy. Shiva and Rue. And I feel okay, so I don't get I don't get screwed for that because you said plus two, and, and you mentioned wrong. unlockables. I got that wrong. So it I was, get a bonus point for that. It was three. So you get you get it. You get it. You get it. No. <laughs> I get Dr. Zan. He's the character that should have been cooler than he was because they made him really slow and lonely. He's right on the cover of this game. There he is. He's like, I got an Dr. arm. Dr. Zan, Dr. Zan. And his run animation is just his shoes have like, roller, like has like wheels on them. I thought that was cool. But he was so slow and clunky. I thought that I thought it was cool. They they added an old man and gave Blaze less clothes. <laughs> well, it gets hot in the mean street. <laughs> and then added a kangaroo. Anyway. Sunset Riders. Uh oh, never played Sunset Riders. We have uh, Steve, Billy Cool, and, and two other characters. And Lana Heat. Lana Heat? <laughs> because I've never played Sunset Riders, so I couldn't give you anything there. We have Bob and Kamano Wild. The funny thing is, I never played Sunset Riders, but I did buy the re release of Wild Guns. Oh, I almost picked Wild Guns. I should have picked Wild I'd Guns. I'd have been safer. I wouldn't have known the names anyway. I'd have been like, Guy, Girl <laughs> with Sundress, Dog. And lady with grenades. <laughs> oh my god. Jackal. Okay, Jackal. They had names in Jackal? <laughs> I guess this isn't going well. Jeep and Jeep. <laughs> there are, no, but, but each Jeep has two characters in it Colonel Decker and Lieutenant Bob in one Jeep. And in the <laughs> other Jeep are two other people Lieutenant Smackdown <laughs> and Captain Smackham. Close. <laughs> Sergeant Quint and Corporal Gray. I'll see. I gotta give you credit for this. You're picking games. I'm like, I've never. I've, I've played Jackal, but funny enough, I only played Jackal in Retrograde because, like, years down the line, like Mike had found some game called like, Renegade Ops on the Xbox. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it was like a Jackal like kind. It of was like Jackal, and it was really freaking cool. We played through the entire game, 
And then after that, I went back and played Jackal. And for those who do like Jackal and have not played Renegade Ops, they should play that. But if you haven't or have, there's another game that's on uh, Steam. And I want to say it was called Bugs Must Die. And it is uh, also a yeah. Jackal like, and it is really cool. The um, I've never played Jackal single player. I've only played it with my brother, and it is like one of the most inferior, infuriating, and fun games on the NES. You can only shoot up. You can only move, shoot. You up. can move in eight directions. And you can shoot a, a bomb like a grenade, like in, in eight different directions, but it's very slow. But in your normal gun, you can only shoot up. And that's why you got to play it's Renegade Ops because so Renegade hard. Ops you can shoot in all eight directions. Well, and apparently I didn't re- I didn't notice in doing research in Japan uh, the game Jack offer it's called something else obviously hyena. You can shoot <laughs> it's just cheetah. Uh, <laughs> you can shoot in eight different directions. Yeah, I love that he mentioned you heard the man. That was like the guy that all gave right. the missions. We used to just joke about yeah, the classic team. Oh, Jazzy Jeff and Will oh Smith. yeah, Michael Holmes and Jim Smith. <laughs> Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. We okay, were talking about okay. them the other day because they still come on the Muzak station, mostly summertime. And I was talking about how the idea, like, I feel like it's because of how music streaming works and the like now, but there is no longer an oldies. There, I don't feel like there's really like a, a genuine sense of oldies anymore. Like, it's just a pile of music uh, <laughs> that you can access whenever you want. Yeah, that's our world now. It's just a pile of music. Maybe it'll be there, maybe it won't. But no one's like, go to the oldies station. It's just like, Listen to that track you like, or like, it'll go. You go to a restaurant and they're playing music from our childhood at the restaurant. Yeah, and the young people there are like, "I know that song is really good." And like that was when I was a kid. Like, ah, eh, whatever. It's still fun now. So it's just weird. I, I don't know. That's just me having weird, random thoughts. I've been thinking about that a lot. Like homogenized music. For those keeping score, Pernell got an eleven point five out of twelve. Out of twenty-one. No, it wasn't. Don't you lie to the people? I gave you a point. It was not at 21. In my defense, also, just for the record, I think of the games you <laughs> mentioned, I hadn't played most of them. I, well, not most of them. I hadn't played like four of them. Okay, but in my defense, when I do these quizzes, I'm always like so surprised at your knowledge of these things. They're like, oh, I played that one. I'm like, really? You played that game? <laughs> I did. He's got a robot on. So I thought, you know what? I'll pick a bunch of weird NES games where, where they don't even mention the characters' names within the game. Got to read the manual. You got to read the manual. Yeah. Remember those days when manuals existed, and if you didn't read the manual before playing the game, you were just fumbling in the dark. <laughs> That's right. For our for our, our Patreon viewers, I picked a very young photo of Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith. They might, yeah, they might, they were probably like eighteen or seventeen. Um, there you heard the man. Okay, Pernell, we are on to your next, tr- yeah, on to your next track. All right, let's see. Unfortunately, this track was not submitted by Lance Uppercut, but <laughs> it was submitted by Frankly Zappa, uh, who is also really cool. We should start calling him Lance Uppercut. Um, this comes from a game I'd actually only heard of because he just submitted this track. I'd never heard of this before. This game is called Valheim, and the track is called Yagluth Reigns, and it's composed by Patrick Jarlstam.
oh my god, we weren't recording any of that. Oh well, I guess we'll just have to make do. That that <laughs> that, that if that's for our Patreon audience. Right? <laughs> Stop. That, that's a benefit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the Patreons are saying that right now. It's like just rolling your eyes, like benefit my. Foot. <laughs> um, but what you just listened to was Yagluth Reigns from the game Valheim, composed by Patrick Jarlston. And this was submitted by listener Frankly Zappa. And he had this to say about this rockin' track. God, I sound like Poochie, the rockin' <laughs> dog. Um, here we go. Here's a track that is from Valheim, which is a multiplayer game for the PC. The reason why I'm submitting a track from this game is because for my brother, friends, and myself, this was an unexpected surprise. It's listed as a brutal exploration survival game. And boy, is that correct. Most of the music is calm and mellow, which I totally love. But this track kicks in during a boss fight, and it gets your inner Viking ready to kick butt. There are so many great multiplayer memories from playing this, and it's still an early access. There is something for everyone in this game. Give it a shot, and you might fall in love with the Viking mayhem and silliness that's guaranteed to ensue. Or your money back. I added that part. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say. I don't think you could. I don't think you could promise that. <laughs> I added that in there. Yeah. I was wondering how, like what the what the what the tone of the rest of the game would be like because it didn't seem like this would be that kind of game where it's like that all in on the soundtrack like start to finish. Uh, did you end up looking it up too? Like just some video footage of it. Yeah, I was like, what bit. is this? Like very yeah. survival crafty. Yeah. I got. I, 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 as you we were just talking about before, <laughs> survival crafty type games. I like that. I mean, yeah. as you can say, like, it, playing in co-op would be just that much more fun, though. But I don't, the closest I've ever come to being able to do that was there was a game called Don't Starve. And I did buy the Don't Starve Together expansion, which allows you to play co-op. But I never had anyone to play co-op with. But uh, it had, like, Tim Burton-esque art. Oh, and you were plopped down on a randomly generated island. And you had to, like, basically survive on the island. Like, get heat sources and shelter. And... At night, really weird, like, love, love crafty and monsters. Some counts came after you, and other times were just, like, weird wildlife, like, angry bears and stuff. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah, watch out for those angry bears. <laughs> angry bears like a Nickelodeon show. That's my new, uh, my new iPhone game, Angry Bears. I see. I believe that. You shoot, the, you shoot the bear, and you knock down the pigeons, and the pigeons, they lay eggs, and then the more eggs that you collect. That sounds like you- you're lost at wingspan. Um, maybe. <laughs> I, I, did, I did the egg strategy. <laughs> so did Christy. <laughs> Everyone does. You have to until until you until you update it or whatever, which you don't because that's my only reason for having the game still. Right, right. But until you update it, the egg strategy in the game is the way to go. It is the way to go. But you got to build up to it, though. You yes. got to have you got to have a good good egg engine. That's right. Good egg laying engine. Excellent egg engine for extreme excellency. You got to be egg extremely. Eggy. Eggy about, I don't know. There's, there's no, <laughs> Another part about eggs. There's nowhere left to go. All right, our next track is coming from our listener and Patreon member, Martyrus. This is from the game Child of Light. He gave us a few songs to pick from, so I'm going to pick Pilgrims on a Long Journey, composed by Qua de Pirate. Pilgrims. I feel like I had to say pirate in a different way because I said Qua. Qua de Pirate.
And we're back. You've listened to <laughs> Pilgrims on a Long Journey from the game Child of Light, composed by Qua Day Pirate. That was picked by our listener, Martyrus. And he says, so after recollecting myself here, I am writing my suggestion. Again, I forgot the first line of this email. Don't worry about it. The game I wanted to mention, Child of Light, a side-scrolling RPG game that was released on various platforms. Um, you, you, you are a girl named Aurora who finds herself resurrected in a magical kingdom after succumbing to sickness. She, te- she learns that this kingdom is ruled by Umbra, the Queen of Night and sets out to defeat her while trying to find a way back home. She meets various companions along the way, the first of which is a wisp named Igniculus. What made this game unexpectedly multiplayer was that I learned a second player can join in and can control Igniculus. The wisp can reach treasure that Aurora can't, and during battle, the the wisp can collect energy sparks. I don't know why I'm finding a lot of these words hard to pronounce. <laughs> the Wisp can collect energy sparks for magic and uh, shine its light to heal the party members or stall an enemy on their turn. Oh, that's cool. You just got to sound them out. That's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll get <laughs> I'm doing everything phonetically. Um, I have to say that the whole OSD for this game is awesome, personally. It is written by Beatrice Martin. Okay, there's a name. Uh, A.K.A. Quar de Pirate, a Canadian singer and songwriter. She worked with the Brastilava... Um, symphony orchestra based in montreal for some of the tracks in the ost is beautiful i think i'm gonna check this one out oh yeah it's a great game um um a friend of mine his uh, well actually she's technically my friend too so i'm not gonna pull the friend's way no my friend she is one of her favorite games to the letter like she if you talk about child of light she gets the whole (laughs) thing going and gets like really giddy about it it's Uh. actually really cool he got me more interested in the game after hearing her talk about it Mm. But it's like it's a it's a two D it's a it's a side scrolling RPG, and when the battles kick in, you and your friends are on the left side, and the enemy's on the right. And the light he's mentioning is like it's like a floating wisp, and it can control with a thumbstick. Mm-hmm. And the light can like you can drag the light over top of an enemy and shine the light on it while you've got some, and it's like it slows the enemy down so he can't uh, attack as quickly. Is the is the action is it like action based or is it turn based? It's turn based, but oh. the light the light is not turn based. He he moves real time. That's cool. But the actions are actually turn-based. Oh, so you can have a second player go and move the light around while you're doing everything else. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. that that's, I might try that. That might be fun for us to play. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it's still accessible on like, like consoles in the current age, too. Oh, it might only be on the, the PlayStation Plus, like, uh, not Plus. My concern is that, but I now. wouldn't be surprised if it got ported, because I feel like it would have. I know it's on the Switch for sure, but okay. on PS4, I wouldn't be surprised if it got ported. Because I feel like that would be the kind of game that would be like, Chart of Light. Bright edition or whatever they do now. Hammock is now in the chat room, sitting at the airport, waiting for a flight. Is he coming to Delaware? We'll what? find out. <laughs> find out next time on <laughs> KVGM. Somewhere splash. Wave. Somewhere way more interesting and way more fun. Yeah, it is true. Hopefully more sunny. But if it were here, it'd be awesome anyway. Yeah, he's here in spirit. All right, well, we're on to your last track, right? Uh huh. And this is another track from a game that I have really fond memories of. I really need to get back to it, but unfortunately, I need to plow through Tales of the Abyss before getting back to Tales of Symphonia, which was submitted by listener Kristen, um, GameFan44. And this is Fatalize from that game, originally released on the GameCube, but I believe it got ported to the PS3. That's mm-hmm. the, I have that version too, but I never played I the, the two. On the Xbox more. also, I think. Really? I think so. 
Huh. I might be thinking of a different Tales game though. There's so many. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be. Don't even feel bad. There's too friggin' many. Okay. Um, Motoi Sakuraba, Shinji Tamura, and Takeshi Arai are composer listed for this jam session. Welcome back. You're listening to Fatalize from the game Tales of Symphonia, released on the GameCube originally, but then multiple ports came after. Um, composed by Motoi Sakuraba, Shinji Tamura, and Takeshi Arai, and submitted by listener Kristen, GameFan44. So, this track is, well, actually this game is what I like to consider being known as, you know, the quote, you know, Jackie Chan's uncle, one more twist, one more <laughs> twist. Um, because I swear, every couple of hours, some w- world-shaking plot twist occurs that just overrides everything you thought you knew about the game. And when you think you're about to come to a wrap-up, one more twist! Now you have another planet! One more twist! Go back to the old planet! One more twist! The guys you were helping before asking enemies! One more twist! Everyone hates you! Like, <laughs> that's the game! It never stops shifting and twisting. Oh my god, oh, we're losing the wise guy! Have a good night, buddy. Um, again, like it's just it's such a fantastic game, but I'll talk about more of it in a second. But first, I want to talk about this testimonial that was submitted by Kristen. She goes, One of my best multiplayer memories is from my high school anime video game club. When I was younger, I didn't have many friends that played video games, and my middle sister only played Pokemon with me for a bit before she graduated and went off to college. My high school was big, though. And it was where I met many of my friends that were into gaming and helped me experience many games that I ended up loving. One of those games was Tales of Symphonia. I had come across the manga of the game on the internet and was fascinated by the story. I ended up talking about it with an older friend who apparently had the game and was willing to let me borrow not only the game, but also the guidebook and a printed guide to the relationship actions that were contained within the game. 
which were needed to get certain characters to join your party. The game was one of my first JRPGs, and I struggled a bit trying to get a handle on managing the items and the attacks. I mentioned to the friend that I was stuck right at the beginning of the game. We talked about bringing the game and GameCube in school to play during club hour to see if we could get me going through it. It also came up that there was a multiplayer in the battles, and that other people in the club would be willing to help me play it. So, I brought the game, console, and four controllers to school for months on Thursday. I am so envious of this. Oh my is, god. Yeah, yeah. We ended up beating the game together. It was a blast working out the puzzles, fighting enemies, and just experiencing the story together. We had so much fun that the next year we played through Tales of Vesperia together. And thus, a new tradition was set. And my god, I'm envious of that story. Four-player Tales of Symphony would have been so fun. And funny thing she says, you know, she's like, this is our first, uh... This is like our first, like, you know, RP, well, RP multiplayer memory, or rather question, one of our first JRPGs. So, this game was, if I'm not mistaken, this was the first 3D or 3D-esque Tales game in existence. Oh, so it was like, before this, it was all in the SNES, right? Well, no, no, there was something before that. Like, there was some on the PlayStation and whatnot, but they were still 2D. So you ran from left to right and did stuff in that manner. Um, but Tales of Symphonia gave you that, like, the Z-axis thing where you could press a button and kind of change to fight an enemy that was on a different lane, so to speak, so you uh, are bouncing around an arena. Cool. Future games let you just run free flow across the entire map, but this was the first one to experiment with. So even though I had played other Tales games before this, it was still, like, really tough to get a handle on, because getting guys to attack you from behind or from, like, like further back in the screen, and you had, like, change panels to, like, nine at time. I'm just going to... Use indignation. Just use indignation forever and just call it a day. Um, but such a good game, though. It's, I mean, honestly, there's a reason why people were clamoring. I mean, it wasn't just me. There's a reason why a lot of people were clamoring for Lloyd Irving to make it into Smash Brothers, despite the fact that there had been multiple Tales games released up to this point when people were, where they were taking requests for new Trump Smash Brothers characters outside of Nintendo. I Were they ever taking requests? I mean, I know... Well, yeah, but it was more like think of it like a, like a, like a voter, people, like voting panel. People were just angry on the internet, yelling, "Freddy, we want this, we want well, this." Well, that's want that's this. unfortunately the world at large. People were just always angry on the internet. That's, that's why I assumed what was going on. But what ended up happening was like when they the reason why people were well, aside from just being people, um, was the fact that the reason why a lot of people were angry and are really into it was the fact that they did do panels and polls to see like who would you want to make it into Smash Brothers. So people were submitting like the reason why Sora Sora was the last character that was added to the game was because he was like the top requested character in their poll. Their polling. So even though I was happy to get him in general, yeah. It was also the fact that he was voted in too. But a lot of people were voting for different characters to get in. Not all the voted characters made, like, because Waluigi's been, like, they've been trying to get him in forever, mm -hmm. as far as, like, votes go, but he just didn't make the cut. What, 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 Why do people like Waluigi? It's not, I don't, well, Waluigi's awesome in general, but I think the reason why people really wanted him in was just because the idea that Wario was there, <laughs> and pretty much, like, every other, like, of the main Mario troop was in the game yeah. but him. Like, Mario, Luigi, uh, Peach, Daisy, Rosalina, Wario, Yoshi, ba Kid Bowser! <laughs> Kid Bowser! So, are we gonna have a Wa Peach or a... I hope not. No? Why not? I hope not. I don't, I don't need to see, like, this, like, 
psychotic lady eating garlic just barfing all over the cars in Mario Kart 9. I like how you're immediately going to like gross out humor. But wow. that's because that's what they are. Wario's whole shtick, aside from the money, is that he's like gross. Like he farts and eats garlic and has bad breath. That's he, his shtick. He's human. Cut him some slack. Human garlic. Fine. I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah. He's humanoid garlic. Um, but yeah, like in the end, it's just. I mean, he he is a gross out type character. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's but true. I do like him though. I do like my, I do like making Wario's voice. I just, I, I just because because this is like a, a yeah. video game world of video games. I never really explored. So I have like no nostalgia for. I see people people get all into like, oh, I want Waluigi in this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. I don't have I don't have a pony in this race. So whereas I always do. Curious as to what people loved about them. And for me, it's like, oh, he control people with Waluigi because he's kind of ugly and. and weird looking but that's the weird thing about it all though like um for me when it came time for all the voting and stuff because as you already know about me i don't play fighting games and yet you also know that i have smash and all the dlc because i like the whole worlds collide that's the thing Uh, you don't play fighting games like like that meaning like you're not drawn to like oh a new fighting game i want to play it because it's a fighting game you would go and say oh it's a fighting game with a character that i like I will go play this game because mm-hmm. it has characters that I like in it. Yes. I think a lot of people are that way, which is why so character selection in these games is really important. Mm-hmm. And probably why the Smash Brothers selection screen is enormous now. Yes. And they could have totally put in more if Sakurai wasn't like just like extremely exhausted from being worked to the bone yeah. on this franchise. Yeah. He, 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 let him go see his family, guys. Just yeah. let him go home. Unchain him from his desk. But like, I liked... Even if, a, even if a character I wanted didn't make it, I genuinely enjoyed the fervor that came from anticipating a new Smash character. It was fun just to think, okay, what moveset will this guy get? Like, if they put this guy in the game, yeah, well, how will he operate? Like? Yeah. yeah, and it's like, there's something fun about that. What music will they put in? What stage will they get? How will they control? Also, what hat will Kirby get? Like, is... Because honestly, I think that's the most amazing thing that they were dedicated to, that they gave a char- they gave a hat to Kirby for every mm-hmm. single character in the game. They stuck with it. They could have easily early on said, look, Kirby's not taking powers anymore. We're going to kill that. That's too much. But no, they, they, for every new character, they're like, all right, now how yeah. does yeah, the other characters interact with it? Mm-hmm. And like, that's Kirby's thing, though. That's what Kirby does. Like, but Kirby- they also had other things, too. Like, what was it? Like, because later on, they added Palutena. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and Solid Snake. Oh, so that's right, yeah. The way, they both, the way those characters worked, though, sorry, not Palutena, Pit. So when Pit came in, he would ask for guidance from Palutena, and Palutena could tell him about a character and how they operate. So he had there was a line or dialogue for every Smash characters for Palutena to tell to Pit, and Solid Snake could call Otacon, and he would give him intel on Smash characters. So for every new Smash character, there was also Solid Snake intel that had to get recorded. Oh wow! So there was just like these just- like random Easter's they were just committed to. The, the 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 Smash development team it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Like we have an entire division divide wow. designed to just come up with does oh, he you know the, codec dialogue. Does he have the cardboard box? Yep, he does get oh, the cardboard box. The, it's just a box. <laughs> <laughs> what was that noise? All right, so we're turning this track down, this rocking track, and we're going to get into the last part of our show that we call the bonus round. Bonus. Round, 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 pepperoni. I was going to say, that sounds like the pepperoni theme song. The theme song to the food pepperoni. That <laughs> <laughs> wasn't pepperoni. So yeah. um, the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. 
And so I picked one for the bonus round. This is from Mega Man 7 from our last episode yeah. of Unexpected Multiplayer with the hidden versus mode in Mega Man 7. This is a song called The Seventh Climb, which is based on uh, Wily World 3 stage something or other. I don't remember. I think it's like <laughs> stage two. This is from Cyril the Wolf, and this really caught my eye attention because it's got lyrics. And so I think you might enjoy this one. And afterwards, I got to go to the lyrical closet and use the restroom because woof, <laughs> that coffee and water and super really getting to me now. A lot of liquids over there. Yes. Yeah, it's real. 
And we're back. That was Seventh Climb from Mega Man 7, and that was arranged and performed by Cyril the Wolf. Pretty heavy-duty stuff, um, For I mean, clearly for the Wily stages. Bathroom break music. That, yeah, Pernell probably went to the bathroom break. Pernell went to the bathroom break. But Chris Dieterson, right, that's a topic. That is actually a good topic. Oh. Bathroom break music. That's going to be an interesting episode. Yes. <laughs> wow. It's almost like elevator music, but for the restroom. That is. It is. You know how like you go to um, a restaurant or a bar and like you, there's, you know, there's music playing, but you can't really hear it. And then you go to the bathroom and suddenly you can hear it like a little bit more clearly, but it's still kind of muffled mm-hmm. where you're like, like you're out, like you're, you're, you're having a drink and you hear this like, but then you go into the bathroom and you hear, <laughs> so what you're saying is we gotta run all the tracks through a filter yeah 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 and and then you're like as you're you know going doing your thing you're like you can't help but start singing oh yeah and then someone walks in the bath and you're embarrassed at first but then you're like ah oh, screw it these people will never see yeah, yeah, me you're, again you're washing your hands never was a clouded day <laughs> everyone's like alright that guy's had a little too much and you're like nope nope I'm- hasn't had enough <laughs> hey hey <laughs> I'm ready to get back and you walk out and like everyone's left the bar and you're like oh I was ready to go karaoke on all. And then you wake up. It was all a dream. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, no. So that's reality. All right. What's your bonus round track? All right. So my bonus round track, when I can get to the right friggin' page, because I got a lot of pages here. Actually, I only got three pages. This came from Rage Cage, and this is from one of my favorite games of all time also, um, from the game Earthbound, and it is called 60 Funk. Or C60 Funk. And it was composed by Maze Dude.
anyone ever ready in this place? Don't answer that. <laughs> this- I'm ready now. All right. Too bad I wasn't, but I kid. Um, <laughs> welcome back. You were just listening to the track C60 Funk remix slash cover from the game Earthbound, composed by Maze Dude and submitted by Rage Cage. So, what did the Cage of Rage have to say about this succulent symphony of sound? Stay tuned, true believers. Anyway, um, he said, how's it going, dudes? Not quite multiplayer, but nifty. You could plug in a second controller while playing Earthbound and play with it. What this means is that you would be at a tug of war for both players for control over Ness and his crew. And not only in the battle, but on the world map as well, I think. Just found this out, so I may not be a credible source on this. Now, I don't know. Of, I don't recall the world map thing being a thing. Don't quote me on that, because that's been a while for me, too. But I do know you could control different players in the battle system in Earthbound. Okay, they're saying you can do it. Uh, nothing, uh, uh, nothing really... So you said there is more. Familiar there. No, I'm looking it up. I'm no, just... no, I'm saying he's saying there's more on this testimonial. Oh, is there now? Um, just found this out, so it may not be a credible source. Here's your bonus round track. Boom, there's the bonus round track. I said that's all there was. So it looks like it might have cut off Rage Cage if there was more for the email. Because yeah. we're looking at the email. Because I thought there was more too. But the email, that's all it says. Yeah. So random. But unless you're Spotify Promotions. No, nah, I, <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. Spotify Promotions <laughs> is a crazy cat. But thank you for suggesting this track because I was headbanging my head off to this tune. Oh, it's really good. It's very good. I liked it. I liked um, it. And I feel like Earthbound... I don't. I say I came and said because I was gonna say I feel like Earthbound doesn't get enough love, but the reality of it is like from the community, it gets tons of love. It's Nintendo that doesn't love it yeah. <laughs> for reasons beyond my understanding. That game deserves all the love and affection it can get. When Oddity became a thing, they should have jumped on top of it. Look, we don't want you infringing on the trademarks per se, but we will bring you on board to make the game because we sure as heck don't want to invest in it. So, someone's doing it for fun. Yeah, we'll cut them a couple dollars just to say have fun with this. You know, sanctioned a sanctioned project, but I digress. I love Earthbound. I love Mother. I wish there were more games like it because it inspired me to want to play other games like it. And you're really digging through the carts to find anything that even remotely plays similar to it. It's yeah. a shame. Well, it's nice to see that it was released on the SNES Classic, mm-hmm. um, but like that's probably the the most recent that you're finding any of these games. So, yep. And then yeah. I think it was like they had the Earthbound Beginnings release at one point, which was just basically the original Earthbound or Mother that was on the Nintendo. They finally translated officially mm. and put it out. Oh, I want to say it was on like WiiWare actually. So I think it released on the Wii U. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, at least that got a, a North American light of day situation. Yeah, but the sad part is like I'd already played the fan translation <laughs> back in the 90s. So it was like, whoop. You were, you were craving it already. Mm-hmm. Well, right. from- Have a good night, Mike Jennings. Yeah, thank you everyone in our Patreon chat for hanging out with us. And if you would like for more information about our bonus round part of our show, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com where we have links to these artists' band camps and sound clouds and everywhere where you can buy the music and support these artists.
right, thanks for joining us on episode 31-4 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our special Patreon episode of Unexpected Multiplayer, and we had some seriously awesome picks. We really did. This week. Um, We're going out on the track Castle in the Mist from the game Ico for the PlayStation 2, composed by Michiro Oshima and Koichi Yamazaki um, at the end of Ico, which is a game, a single-player game where you're constantly trying to protect this woman through this this castle and all the shadow demons. After you finish it the first time, a second player can play as that person. Kristen caught this immediately. She's like, oh, Castle in the Mist! Yeah, it's a great song. Oh, it's a great game, too. Um, the control scheme doesn't hold up super well. It's it's kind of clunky now, but it was, oh, it was so much fun. Right before a true remaster, though, not just yeah. a graphical overhaul. I, I think feel like so. they would make money if they did too. I feel like they could pull it off. <laughs> this is this is the new show now. But I was like, why can't they just remake this game? <laughs> they could do it. Make it make money. That's the name of the show now. Yeah, just just make money. Um, Welcome to make it make money. I'm making and I'm money. Um, yeah, just this is one of my all time favorites, and it has a, such a great soundtrack. So, um, if you have not tried Ico, I know it's available on the PS4, at least through the streaming platform of it but you can find it out there which is great i still have it on my shelf unplayed as usual the original i have the original ico and the original shadow of the colossus unplayed either i haven't played either you can finish it tonight i kid you not i have enough i have more video games than i'll play in the remainder of my lifespan oh, i can man. i can assure you of that i and think yet i keep getting more i think you would really enjoy it i think you i think you get a kick out of this one for now but now but you but you just said the controls are bad it's worth it it's honestly and it's so, worth so, enduring so the controls. Sh- at least Shadow of the Colossus. And you can finish it in like a couple days. The way you play, like you can just dive right through. Just plow right through it. Yeah, and you know what? It ain't gonna hurt to look up a few spoilers to figure out like if you're going in Never. the direction or not. Never! I have to do it right. <laughs> do it right. You gotta do it right. You gotta do it right. I gotta do it. I gotta do it, baby. <laughs> do it tonight. Do it right. No FAQs. Wow. So feeling. I mean, it's been years. Adamant. Well, I think it's all right. <laughs> uh, I probably would consider. It. Uh, listeners of the show, if you want to play Ico for the first time, go ahead and use FAQs. Just do it. It's fine. Well, you know the, the normal rule of thumb. If it makes you feel good, do it. If it makes a game playable for you, do it. I'm just saying for so, me. So you I'm don't know much. Really so you, stubborn. So you don't know much about the story of the Shadow of the Colossus. I, I got some of the spoilers because it's been talked about over the years. Okay, you know, so the you know you're supposed to feel bad. Yeah, you're, you're supposed, supposed to feel, to feel bad. bad. Okay, good. So then you can read about the rest of the game. But I want to experience it because <laughs> that is like that is like the part of the experience. Anyway, we we can argue about this later. We can argue about this all we want. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, if you'd like to uh, say hi to us, if you'd like to send us an, uh, an email with a track suggestion, a topic suggestion or anything like that, send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. That's our email address. And if you like to get a track listing of this episode, a full track listing of all of our episodes, and access to all of our episodes, starting from one all the way to 306, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. We're out there on all of the social media networks, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So if you we essentially just post when the new episodes come out and we also post when these live stream episodes are coming out. So if you want to get a heads up on when the streams are going to be scheduled and what the topics are going to be, check out our social media. You can go to uh, youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels. We have a 24 seven 
8-bit and 16-bit uh, music radio station. It's playing deep cuts and all-time classics, and it's getting a lot of um, getting a lot of traffic now, which is really good to see. And so I'm going to keep that going for a long, long time. It's it just runs in the closet, runs in the closet till it dies. Don't that sounds so morbid? I know, I know. It's just sitting on a hamster wheel. Faster, cheaper. It's got plenty of air in there. It's not going to burn out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have it covered in like blankets. You say that. I'm sure I open that thing up. It's like just, just sad. Yeah, open it up. And it's just waft of air and dust come flying <gasps> at you. Are you okay, laptop? Eh, I need an adult. Nah, it's an old, it's an old desktop from work. They didn't need it anymore. Um, also, um, if you'd like to support the show, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com/merch. M-E-R-C-H. We have cool t-shirts and hoodies based on the show, based on video game music. You can get an SNK shirt. You can get a Falcom shirt. You can get a, a lobster racing uh, Rhythm and Pixels t-shirt. There's a lot of you cool You should make stuff. a shirt for that Celeste one, that image, because apparently that was a good image. People liked it. I, I would, but I feel like that's like really... Oh, play, on the nose. Yeah, on the nose plagiarism. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it came out... I am, I'm proud of that, that one. It came out really nice. The little, little pixely Robin Purnell sitting there by the tree in Celeste. Um, so you can support us that way. You can also support us by going to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. And um, all of the money there goes towards, you know, hosting of the show. And you know, we, we do put a lot of work into these episodes every week. And so it's all very, very helpful for that. Um, and you get benefits as being a member of our Patreon. There's stickers and mugs and t-shirts and all sorts of fun stuff. You get access to uh, weekly prequel episodes you get access to monthly live streamed episodes and at uh, members at the highest levels of our Patreon, we thank at the end of every episode. Um, and so first we want to thank a brand new Patreon member, Romancing Sagat. I love that name. I love that name too. I feel like I've seen that name um, on Patreons of other shows. So thank you very much for supporting us, even if it's just for this month, um, is a wonderful donation. Thank you very much. for. Did he say that or something? Are you guessing? I'm just saying I'm not I'm not saying he has to be a member forever. I'm oh, just of course not. Being very thankful for for anything. So thank you very <laughs> very much. Um, so we like to th- oh my I got I got to click some buttons here. And also I do like on a side note while, while you're doing the button click. So Soul has actually had a Patreon topic. We'll see if other if anyone else wants to do it. But it's a cool idea. She says games that we wish had an official localization already. Well, that's that's oddly specific, but also very broad. So we can do a lot with that. And also, I think it's funny. Rage Cage mentioned he's still using his Lenovo laptop from 2010 for his show. Which fancy that? I am also still using my Lenovo laptop from 2010. You gotta get rid of that thing, man. <laughs> no, but now I have a now I have a Lenovo laptop from 2010, buddy. It just makes sense, Rob. I, I was using one, but it died. It died long, long ago in the podcast history, 2016, I think. Um, all right, so I'm going to thank all of these Patreon members, um, the one, only the ones at the highest level. We want to thank Frankly Zappa, I thank uh, Kristen, Mike Myers, Alf Person, Fashion 8060, Alex Messenger from the AVGM Journey podcast, Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma. Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast. Chris Steenerson, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219, a.k.a. The Wise Guy. I want to thank Christopher Sendstrom, Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, uh, Michael Bridgewater from uh, Dr. Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM podcast, Michael Jennings, Rage Cage, Reinhard Selkova, 
Romancing Sagat, again, thank you. Uh, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, The Autistic Gamer 89, and Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy. Embassy? And uh, his most recent episode has um, a friend of ours on it, Chris Murray. Oh! Talking Falcom. I like that idea. Falcom music. And before I forget, I'd like to say congratulations to Brian Pitt on your recent engagement. Congratulations, hey, sir. Hey, congrats. That is good news. I'm happy to hear it. Love is in the air. <laughs> you were waiting for that. You were waiting for that. You were waiting for that. Same laptop. We have the same laptop. Oh, yeah, yeah. You guys got the same laptop? We had literally the same laptop. Yeah, you found a laptop, buddy. Do you have the laptop that had the key, the numeric keyboard separate on the oh. side, or do you have one without the numeric keyboard? Keypad. And, and does it have the little mouse nipple in the middle? No, there was no mouse nipple. You have the little mouse nipple? It was nipple? just a mouse pad and the two buttons. Ah. Uh, yeah, they got rid of that eventually. Yes, they did. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Thank you to all of our Patreon members who have hung out with us all night chatting with us while we've been doing the show. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a good night or a good day. Thank you. And remember, multiplayer, I mean, some for some folks, they're generally fairly lucky and multiplayer is almost rarely unexpected because they just, you know, call a person up and have multiplayer. That's how it works. But uh, multiplayer is never guaranteed or not always guaranteed for folks. So when you do have it, cherish it and make good use of it. Play all the games you can. Get it in. Because if that ends up being a forever thing, that's freaking fantastic. But if it's not, and you have to take a hiatus or don't have, there's something to be said about being able to look back on those fond memories of playing multiplayer with your friends and feeling like you got the most out of it when you had the opportunity to do so. So with that said, make the most out of your multiplayer, be it unexpected or otherwise. Put your time with friends to good use. It's not guaranteed.